0: Thank you for tuning in. This is the second podcast in a series about connecting with nature, a subject that is very dear to my heart. As I said in the last podcast, I'm a strongly nature-connected person. Nature is part of me and I'm part of it. I am extremely grateful for my nature-connectedness. It is among the features of my life I most value. It has benefited me in a host of ways and made me determined to do all I can to preserve, repair and protect the natural environment. I get a buzz from helping others connect with nature. That's what has kept me plugging away for years, writing my forthcoming book, which I've called Connect with Nature, and one subtitled One of the Best Things You Can Do for Yourself Other Than Planet Earth. I have not always been a nature connected person. My nature connectedness journey began when I was in the thirties. Prior to then, nature did not figure very much in my life. I appreciated natural scenery and enjoyed visiting natural places for recreation and socializing, but that was about it. This podcast provides an account of my journey. Not because it's a particularly riveting or exceptional story, but because it illustrates some general guidelines for anyone contemplating or actually undertaking a similar journey. The starting point of my journey was a family decision to take up bushwalking as a regular activity. Both my wife, Margaret, and I felt the need for a recreational activity that we could share with our two young daughters. With encouragement from a friend, we chose bushwalking. Saturday bushwalks became a regular family pastime, which, happily, all four of us enjoyed. The girls were unfazed by having to walk in adult company. If anything, it made them feel grown up. The bushwalking was also good for their self-esteem, they did not mind that their peers were not into bushwalking to the extent that they were. It helped them to accept that being your own person and doing your own thing are okay. As our confidence grew, we extended our nature activities and became a little more venturesome. For my part, the prospect of learning bushcraft skills lured me into bush camping. I found myself pitching a tent for the first time, cooking over a fire and sleeping in a downfilled bag on a bed of dry bracket, covered by a ground sheet and a short piece of foam. It was strange and a little challenging to begin with, but I rapidly adapted to sleeping in a tent and living out of a pack. I discovered that there was great fun to be had in spending a night in the bush. I particularly enjoyed the delights of a campfire, especially the soporific pleasure of fire-gazing, watching the dancing flames and glowing coals, while chatting with others or just sitting in companionable silence. Camping overnight made me aware of nature's sights sounds scents and textures there is the joy of waking up in a tent to the dawn chorus of birds for example or occasionally having close-up encounters with wildlife it also fostered a sense of intimacy and emotional connection with nature that was quite new to me i found myself wanting to experience nature for itself not just as a setting for my activities a new chapter in the story of my relationship with nature had opened. Once satisfied that I could live comfortably out of a pack and could stay warm, dry, well fed in the bush, I graduated to full pack walking. Before long, I extended my full pack walking from two to several days, even a week or two. I did virtually all my backpacking in, nat- in, the na- in national parks mainly the World Heritage listed Blue Mountains National Park. Experiencing the magnificence, marvels and mysteries of the Blue Mountains and places like it continued to deepen and reshape my relationship with nature. This included finding my own special wild place, a place to which I remain deeply attached. This is my heart space, to borrow the term coined by the Australian science broadcaster and writer, Jonica Newby. My heart space is special to me for many reasons. Scenically, it is as exceptional, combining beautiful bushland, intriguing pagoda-shaped sandstone formations and a panoramic view. At its heart is a slot canyon, a deep, confined and semi-dark sandstone chasm sculpted by water over millions of years. For me, it is a place of rich memories and immense pleasure, awe and wonder. I would grieve deeply if it were despoiled or damaged. It serves for me as the icon of nature, a portal to the ineffable vastness, magnificence and sacredness of the universe. Being in nature gradually became as important to me as the activities I did there. I particularly valued the emotional highs that nature's beauty, vastness and wonder evoke. The state of joy, contentment and non-hobby left by these highs, the bushwalkers' glow, I call it, can last for hours and even days. As these highs are addictive, I found myself hooked on nature. Meanwhile, my wife, with and daughters were becoming capable and enthusiastic day walkers, so much so that they chose to accompany me on a trek in the Himalaya of Nepal, organised by an Australian adventure holiday company, Osventure. The trek was life-changing for all four of us. We were captured by the majestic beauty of the mountains and the simplicity, routine, rhythm, fun and friendliness of camp life. The unwavering good humor and kindness of the Sherpas won our hearts. Cultural contacts with the local people were limited, but those we had were heartwarming, mind broadening and sometimes deeply affecting. Coping successfully with the physical and emotional demands of the trick is especially good for the girls, boosting their confidence, self-esteem and resilience. Overall, the experience gave us new eyes for wish to see ourselves in the world. Tears were shed at the end of the trek and for days after. We had fallen permanently in love with the Himalaya and the Nepalese people. The experience also had a strong and enduring impact on our family life. It bonded us in a way that I doubt would have happened otherwise. The girls found that partnering their parents in an activity that all found challenging was both instructive and empowering. We returned to bushwalking in Australia with renewed Zeal. Margaret and the girls ventured into full pack walking and I introduced variety and challenge to my bushwalking by tackling other outdoor activities. These included off-track exploring, rock climbing and canyoning. I valued these more adventurous activities because they helped me to learn more about myself and to grow in self-reliance, resourcefulness, and my ability to cope with demanding and sometimes challenging situations. In 1980, an adult education organisation invited me to run an introductory bushwalking and camping course. The course ran annually, sometimes biannually for the next 25 years and out of it emerged the Yarrowwood Bushwalking Club, which is about to celebrate its 40th anniversary. Soon after I began running the courses, the AusVenture team invited me to join them as an honorary trek leader. My involvement in the courses, trekking and Yarrowwood taught me about the power of nature experiences to improve mental health, build self-esteem and foster companionship. In the late 1990s, I was commissioned to write a walking and natural history guidebook. My co-author was Tony Rod, an expert botanist. I learned from Tony the importance of reveling in the details of nature, especially those of plants. By any reckoning, I've had a long and extraordinarily rich association with the natural world. It was inevitable that I would become a deeply nature-connected person. As I reflect on the journey that has brought me to where I am, two features stand out. The first, it was really two journeys in one, the physical or outer journey comprising the actual nature activities I undertook, and the inner journey involving my mind and heart. Providing for the inner journey is as important as attending to the practicalities of the outer one. A general guideline for doing this can be summed up as stop, pause, and engage. Engaging mainly involves lingering in and savouring nature experiences, observing detail, and paying attention to the inner or mental and emotional effects that the experiences are having on you. The second feature. I set out on the journey with little concept of where it would take me And what I would get from it. I started with an activity I was comfortable with, and proceeded gradually from there, doing only the things I wanted to. I did it my way. In other words, it may not seem logical, but starting a nature connectedness journey by taking action rather than theorizing about it is a sound way to proceed. My nature connectedness story is not quite ended there is a chapter underway. This chapter began in 2002, the year I retired from my job as a university teacher researcher. With more discretionary time available, I decided to find out what science has to say about the effects of nature on human behaviour and well-being. From my own experience and observing that of others, I was very aware that nature did all sorts of good things for all manner of people. When I began the project, I had no idea that it would occupy me for 20 years and counting. Nor did I anticipate how much it would transform my understanding of myself and humankind. I'll have more to say about that in the posts to follow.